Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Green Room. A little sporadic lately with our episodes. It's been a while, I guess. Uh, a couple weeks, anyway. Uh, I'm Tony Paul of the Detroit News, joined by my colleague, Matt Charbonneau. Charbonnet, as Wojo would say. Uh, oh, a little MSU basketball, and there's a lot to talk about. Not much of it very good. <laughs> um, Michigan State now 8-4, and 2-4 and four in the Big Ten. They've lost... Uh, they lost the first three Big Ten games, and then they lost just an ugly, inexcusable game um, to Purdue. 55-54, set college basketball back about 30 years. Oh. Um, brutal. I mean, but it wasn't even that. It was just brutal loss. The big lead, you know, then the lead with, at the end and blowing the uh, – it's just uh, gross. Anyway, I don't have a whole lot to say. I, I watch this team less and less. Uh, they're, they're just not – they're not fun to watch. Uh, even when they win, they're not a whole lot of fun to watch, in my opinion. Uh, but Matt, what's uh, there? I mean, eight and four, two and four. I don't think the panic button is completely setting in yet, as far as March. Um, but a couple more losses, and and we'll get there. I think. Well, you're right, and this is why Tony. This is why I love doing the podcast with you. I love the emotional, raw, <laughs> responsive. Uh, <laughs> You know, of a Spartan that's just like, you know, the hell with this. Um, and it's, look, it's understandable. Um, we're not used to seeing this very much to Michigan State, certainly with the first three losses. But I, the panic button for some people may not be pushed. Um, but I'm trying to look at this objectively a little bit, and I would be pushing it. Um, well, there's some there. Only- there's some there. I, I just, I, the whole March NCAA tournament thing, I think it's a little early. To, it is button on that. I mean, I definitely yeah. there's definitely panic about oh crap, this team is definitely not as good as, as we thought. I never thought they were the number one team in the country. I thought they were good. I thought they were a deep team, um, but I guess being deep doesn't make you very good. <laughs> uh, you know. Well, but you know, yeah. it's 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 just a matter of what we saw early in the year with the win over Duke and and all that, and then to where we are now. I think that's where the panic is: is that this team might not be very good, but I don't think. It's time yet to say, okay, they might not go to the NCAA tournament. I think it's a little premature for that. Because we've been here before. There's been a few seasons where they've had some scuffling and you know, they turn it on. And I and I expect that, you know, March will be it'll be another March for Michigan State where they're in the tournament. But um, but well they haven't left themselves a ton of wiggle room with a pretty tough schedule coming up. Well, that's that's a couple things that get me to that point of already being a little panicky with with the prospects heading into March because of the schedule you mentioned it's the Big Ten this year is so good and I know you hear it a lot from people but it's you really can't understate it I mean there's outside of Nebraska and Penn State if they ever start playing again um, there's no there's just no gimmies in this league and I mean obviously we, we see the way Michigan's playing the way Iowa's played. Wisconsin until they went to Michigan. Um, 
I mean, those are very good teams, and Illinois is very good, and everybody else in the middle, they can beat you any any night you play them. And it's, I just look at that, and I look at what I'm seeing on the court as a team that still doesn't have much of an identity. Now, you know, there is a positive look to say defensively they have finally started to turn things around. I mean, there was a there was a point about two weeks ago where they were ranking dead last in the conference in defensive efficiency, which just never happens under time is that's gotten cleaned up obviously the last couple of games um but still offensively the identity what is it you know I, it, it's hard to say at this point he's i mean aaron henry's played pretty well i mean purdue did a heck of a job kind of taking him out of that game i mean he still was effective not like he was the previous two games but yeah when he I just, when he hangs onto the ball I, he, he's pretty good yeah and and you're right in that you that alludes to the turnovers, which continues to be an issue for this team. I mean, they turned it over 10 times in that second half when they went more than 12 minutes without a basket. I mean, they had, a, as we all know, they had a 17-point lead Purdue, that disappeared. This is the Purdue game. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, there's a lot of things we can talk about defensively late. And that's the thing about – I think the thing about the Purdue loss that drives people nuts is because there's really no aspect of that game you can't give somebody grief about. And that includes Tom Izzo and his staff. For the whatever reason, they stayed small late in the game as Trayvon Williams was just abusing them. And, I mean, I understand why Tom Izzo did it. He was talking about how they were defending him. But late in the game, when you're down to a possession or two, I mean, Purdue put in their seven-foot-four guy for a rebound. I mean, how? why are you not making a change at that point? I mean, Marcus Bingham actually played okay in the first half. Julius Marble finally played again and played okay defensively. And we didn't see them at all late in the game when you – you know, one offense or one rebound off a free throw probably wins the game. Um, so I think I think the coaching staff deserves grief, um, and the offense just oh my gosh! I mean, it they well, made four baskets in the second half. I mean, you, you scored fifty four points, and yeah, I mean that's just it. It, it almost it should have got it done, but it, you know, but it didn't. Uh, you mentioned that you know yeah. that Purdue put in the seven footer and he led to the rebound, but. You know, people are bitching about that, and I get it. Um, I mean, he didn't exactly grab the rebound. I mean, it was it was kind of no. – it was a fortunate situation. The ball got kicked, and it ended up in their hands, and it is what it is. Uh, you know, uh, but I agree, you know, when you need a when you need a rebound or at least need to try to get a rebound. I mean, you know, what's the – I mean, you know, the odds of getting an offensive rebound from the – or for a defensive rebound on a missed free throw are, are like 90-some percent. So at least you should give yourselves the guys, you know, to put in there to get the damn rebound. And uh, they didn't. And so that's where the, that's where the anger comes in. I get that. Um, but the rebound Purdue got was really quirky. I mean, it's, one but it wasn't, it, it wasn't just that either. I mean, no. you still, so they get the rebound and now they've got, so they've got the baseline out of bounds. Right. So they're Purdue's down one and you still stay with the same small lineup. Well, and, and you they, know where they're going. I mean, and they run, I mean, look, going. yeah, they ran a good play. But they get Williams for an easy look. I yeah, mean, he's got to make it, but there's nobody there to contest. At least if, if, say, Bingham's in the game, maybe you can bother him a little bit. And, and look, I understand there was a few screens, and Matt Painter's going to run a good play there, and he, Tom Izzo and his staff clearly don't trust Marcus Bingham or maybe Julius Marble at that point to not get completely lost. Um, but the guys they had in there <laughs> didn't exactly cover it as well either. I just – just, the decision not to put a big in at any point in that last couple minutes for a few of those reasons, it's a head scratcher. And, and again, it's not like with most of these games, it's not the one reason they lost, 
But when oh, you combine them all together, yeah, yeah you combine all that, the terrible offense, um, the turnovers, I, I, all that together. And I think the other reason I think Michigan State fans are pulling their hair out is because you were on the verge of winning three in a row. Right. You were going to you were gonna have wiped out. Yeah, yeah you, you would have wiped out that start. You've been back to 500. You're back in the mix, and you're heading to Iowa with some momentum. And in the matter of, of a real time, less than an hour, you, you've completely torpedoed that, and now you have everyone questioning, probably in that locker room questioning themselves, going to a, a game Thursday night at Iowa that is not a good matchup for this team. If you feel like you couldn't guard Travion Williams with any of your bigs, what the hell do you think you're going to do against Luca Garza? So yeah. I, it, no, it's amazing. I, I'm not yeah. looking forward to watching that game at all. I mean – I, I think that's the frustration, though, in an, in an hour's winning. time or less. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. That was that was the big thing for me. It's like, okay, you got the yeah. three-start. That sucks if you're a Michigan State fan. You didn't look very good do, in any of those games. Um, and then you come back and you have a chance to get back to, like you said, the 500, which would have been a big statement. Look, you, you know, you probably you maybe aren't going to contend for the regular season championship, um, depending on how things shake out in the rest of the conference. Michigan looks pretty good. I think we need to pump the brakes a bit on the national championship discussion that I saw in the opposing rival newspaper on the floor below us today. Um, it's chill on that. Um, but they look good. I mean, they obviously demolished Wisconsin. I mean, they got some bigs that are huge for them. Michigan State um, lacks some consistency on that front. Uh, but I get this sense when you talk about, you know, Izzo didn't trust this person, didn't want to, didn't go this way, didn't go that I still get the sense that he has no idea what his lineup really is. I mean, he does to his extent, but I think he's still kind of figuring it out. And this is really late to be figuring out uh, what your what your guys who your guys are. I think he's still trying to make. He's still not sure on some levels, and he's still trying to make a point. Izzo loves to make a point to his players, like you know, I don't care if we're down, you know, five, and this is probably some hyperbole, but I don't care if we're down five with a minute to go. You know, you did this. I'm going to go with this person to prove a point. He does. He plays those mind games a little bit with his team, and they work a lot. And I think that to an extent, he he doesn't trust some players right now. And on the other extent, he just doesn't have a clue on some other players. And I think that that's definitely causing some issues right now uh, with Michigan State. I, I I don't disagree with you for the most part. I think you're right. He's a little unsure of what this this lineup is, and I we're seeing that every night. I mean, they're playing 11, 12 guys every night. And, and I'm wondering if at some point you just got to get to the point. Look, here's the eight guys I'm going to play tonight. You know, like go to Iowa and say, here's the eight guys I'm playing. Yeah, and my, you team's go with, on, and you, my team's on the floor. You know, Gene Hack. Right. And, well, those are my well, guys, you know. <laughs> but I mean, go with those eight guys, see right. how it turns out. You know what? If that rotation doesn't work, make a couple changes and go with eight guys the next. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't feel like guys are getting time in there together. We, you, you talked about depth earlier. I mean, what does depth do you? Right. If, yeah. if that depth comes in and no one's comfortable playing and, and I'm not pinning this all on Izzo. I mean, no. he's played, he's played deep lineups a lot in his career and but, it's but been fine, but, but there's criticism for him, which is, it is, which isn't yeah. always the case. You know, usually right. when Michigan state struggles, it's usually not going to fall on Izzo, but it does right now a little bit. A lot of what you mentioned in the late, late situation in Purdue, I mean, no excuse losing that game, even though None. you have this big field goal drought, you still had a commanding lead with 20 seconds, 15 seconds to go. I mean, you still should win that game. So there is, for a rarity, there is some blame for Izzo. Right. And all I was saying is it's not – yes, we, we could clearly look at some of the things, and it's it's obvious he doesn't have the answers right now. Right. Um, 
but you know, there, there are some points where it's like, guys got, you know, Joey Hauser's got to wake up. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't done anything in three, four games. And some of it, I wonder if he's just, he looks like a guy who's beat up at the end of the year. He's had a bunch of little things, you know, banging his knee, getting his tooth knocked out. Just, a, you know, nothing huge, but it's like, you need that guy to, to kind of be the guy he was early in the season. I mean, you need more out of him. Um, you need Rocket Watts to be what you expect. Um, you know, and, and the other thing too, yeah, I, I, just Purdue game. That, I just wonder if that's going to happen. Well, I mean, you, you need him to be what, at least he was a year ago, right? I mean, right. now I that they've kind of going to be what he's. I just just starting to get to the point where I don't think he's going to be what he was sold when he came in. But who, well, I'm not. I'm not sure what you mean by that. I mean, what was he sold as? A, he's never sold as an All American. I mean, he was sold the, the guy, as a pretty damn good player, though, uh, and a pretty well. And and, and, and you know yeah. what he was last year in the second half of the year, a pretty damn good player. Yeah, I mean, and, he's, and, and, yeah, and and let's see it. And yeah, hopefully we see that future. And hopefully you see it now. Right. And, and look, I'm saying he's got to be that. And to this point, he hasn't proven maybe outside of a couple games, uh, but they need more from those two guys for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Henry's doing about as well as he can. I, I think AJ Hogart is, you know, he's, he's still a freshman point guard, but he's kind of offered a little stability there at that, at that position. But I mean, it's, they got to get more out of that Purdue game. Even in the first half, they were shooting well, but a ton of jumpers, a ton of mid range jumpers, you know, not exactly high efficiency sort of shots. So that offense is still kind of, I don't know. It's that's why I always, that's why I talk about what's the identity of this offense. I mean, when you need a bucket, where do you go other than Aaron Henry? You know, yeah, you I mean, don't you don't really have that guy. And then again, you give Aaron Henry the ball, and you just hope he doesn't dribble. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, well, so you have issues mean, on that front though too. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, he could be your go-to scorer, but that means he also has to touch the ball. But it's let me been a problem this year. That's all I'm saying. And let me say this: you're right. There have been turnover problems. There's no doubt about that. But let's say Michigan State gets that rebound, or Williams misses. They get a stop when they need it, oh, and they pull that game out. Oh, it's we're a probably totally different. It's a totally different vibe. Yeah, because what we're probably totally talking about is the bucket Aaron Henry makes to put him up three Absolutely. when he drives no. the lane. Absolutely. You know, and it's that's just the way the game goes. So we're is are we either talking about the huge play he made? Or the plays he didn't make, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of how it goes. Yeah, it's, this year they're just, I mean, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like a degenerate gambler, for example. Not that I have much to speak on on that regard, <laughs> but you know, poker players always remember the bad beats rather than that one time they hit the straight flush, you know. And so, yes, when you're struggling and you lose a big game, you're always going to zero in on the things that cost you games and forget in time the things that people do well. And so I think that's what I'm saying. You're right, though. If they win that game, it's it's such a different dynamic. It's a different feeling from three and three to two and four because, again, of how they started. And um, it's going to be interesting. The Iowa game is a huge test because if they go there and get their doors blown off, which is a distinct possibility, um, then it's going to be – I mean, the – the, the critics are going to be, in, I mean, just out of their mind bonkers. And there's then you're going to start to feel some real heat at two and five in the Big Ten. Two and five in a Big Ten, when you don't know what the schedule holds moving forward, you don't know if you're going to lose games uh, to the pandemic. I mean, everyone in the Big Ten pretty much, uh, you know, is dealing with this. And so what if you two and five, what if you all of a sudden then have to, then have to miss two games? And you don't have to yeah. make it up then there's going to be some panic. So there's less margin for error this year, I believe. And so um, 
Yeah, if they lose, if they lose that one, that, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, if in in the schedule, just let's say, it just, all the yeah, games, it doesn't get easy. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, after Iowa, you got Indiana, Illinois, Rutgers, Ohio State. Those are your next four before you get to Nebraska. You know, which is kind of the elixir for everybody. Get, get to oh, we get, we get a win at Nebraska, but I mean that. Yeah, I mean, should they beat Indiana? Sure, they already beat Rutgers. Great, but you got to go there. You know, I, it's this schedule this year and the way this team there. There's no guarantees. Um, I, you know, the, the one thing I will say, the the positive you can take is they they are playing better, much better defensively, to where you feel like they've got a chance in most games. That said. They haven't really hit most of the really good big men in this conference. Uh, and then when they did for the second half the other night, you know, Trayvon Williams isn't the best big, but he's pretty good. And he lit him up for 24 and one half. So you got Luca Garza coming up here. Uh, after that, you got Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana. You got Kofi Coburn at Illinois after that. I mean, you got Michigan a few games following there to Hunter Dickinson. I mean, I don't know. By the way, interesting fact, apparently Hunter Dickinson is the only freshman in the Big Ten. <laughs> well, he's the only one playing well enough to yeah. win the Big Ten Freshman of the Year every week. I every mean, that's it was it's hard five, to debate. Five, that I know five of six. Um, but I just so they're yeah, playing better. You have two guaranteed wins. Yeah. You have two, probably two guaranteed wins the rest of the way. Uh, right. This, yeah, and something's got to give here. Something, you know. That's why I like not ready to quite hit the panic button yet because I could see this team reeling off five wins in a row against good teams. They've done it before. Um, with an Izzo coach team, so it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. But you have two guaranteed wins the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There, there is like so. Like I said, they're playing defensively better. They do have good players. It's not like oh, they're yeah, running out. It's not that right running out a bunch of stiffs. So yes, you you can have some sort of optimism that this thing can get turned around. And and we, you're right. We've seen this uh, in in the past with Izzo teams. The funny thing, I. Thing that cracks me up is they lose these games and everyone wants the guy retired and fired and it's like if we not, you know have we not been down this road before you know like suddenly the guy forgets what a basketball no, is I know, or, I, I know. Eh, you know, people, people people tend to forget there have been times where going into the final week of the regular season or even on rare occasion going into the big where Michigan State's NCAA prospects have been in doubt it has not oh yeah oh yeah been there before I mean, we're used to the three and the four seeds, the ones on occasion for the answer, but there have been years where the last week of the season is big. They need to win games to get in. I think they were a nine seed a couple times. I mean, the, it's not like it hasn't happened, and Izzo knows how to coach. But before he coaches, he's going to have to know what he has, and I don't think he's there yet. Yeah, and, and the other thing I'll say about some of those teams that – we're kind of getting in by the skin of the teeth. They had an identity, and I right. still don't know what this one is. I, I think that my first year on the beat when they were preseason number one, and it was an absolute disaster from the word go, and they had to go to the Big Ten tournament and beat Purdue, a really good Purdue team, to really kind of – I mean, they might have gotten in anyway, but it was like, okay, now you you had to win a game in the tournament to feel like you were going to make it, and they did. But that team, even though Kalen Lucas was – you know, a senior by then had come off an Achilles, you still had an identity. You still had, you knew what you were doing offensively every night. Um, same with some of the other teams in between there. I just, I don't know what this team's is. And that's, I think why there's a lot of uncertainty and skepticism and people a little unsure what we're going to see here. So um, th this to me feels like the most unsure of, of really, 
I'm trying to think of any of those 25 years, uh, to be honest. I mean, the NCAA tournament years anyway, so 23, whatever that is. Um, I don't know. I, I can I can understand the skepticism, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. So, you, you, uh, la- lack, lacking confidence is... Is, yeah. is is understandable. No, I, I get that. I, I get that. Again, just not ready to quite. Because when you're, when you're Michigan State, and whether the NCAA tournament committee wants to admit this or not, when you're in Michigan State, when you're Duke, and when you're Kentucky, you will get, if you're on the borderline, you will get the benefit of the doubt. Come, I don't care what anybody says. That Anyone in that committee room can say, no, no, we go completely on this season. They will have the benefit of the doubt if they're on the borderline. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that's kind of why, all right, you know, look, this team gets 500, the Big Ten, or even close to 500. Um, well, I guess, what do they play, 20 games, Big Ten games now? Yep. So yep. 9 and 11 with the wins in the preseason, I, I think they'll be fine. Uh, but, again, the schedule will dictate that, and they have to play those games too. If they get the, right. if they get a rash where they just have games knocked out and don't have an opportunity to get back to that point, um, you know, that's the year we're in and you just have to live with that. So, um, you know, the margin for error in some extent is a little wider for Michigan state because of who they are and their reputation. But then again, it's a little less because you don't know how if you're going to play all these games or not. So. Yeah. And by the way, as we, as we've noted, I think, um, that we keep bringing up the Duke win. Um, Duke's not very good. No, in case anyone's noticed. Yeah, they're not very good, but again, they're gonna, you know, people are gonna look at that win and they're gonna say they beat Duke, and it's, just well, like, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's just part of the game. Um, not a great win, uh, you know. Um, you know, it's a weird year though too because there's a lot of teams that are that are good that are, that are reputation teams that aren't very good, and you look at Duke, you look at Michigan State, you look at Kentucky, um, you look at a lot of different teams, and you know, it's just a weird year, and I and I just wonder, you know, what that's playing into it. Um, programs that were shut down, you know, aren't used to, you know, aren't used to the process that they have to go through now. And I just wonder how much of a toll that may take on certain teams as opposed to other teams. So we're, hey, let me ask, yeah, let coach, me, tell, I had one coach tell me that this season is summer camp. <laughs> nice. Uh, he told me this is summer camp um, because it's just, you know, no one's operating with the same schedule. No one, yeah. you know, no one's, getting the same preparation. No one has the same certainty of, of, you know, because, you know, athletic programs are strict regimen schedules. I mean, they're creatures of habit. No one has that this year. Everyone's different. Um, And so, yeah, he told me it's summer camp. So, you know, not that that's an excuse for why Michigan State's playing bad. I mean, a lot of teams are going through this crap. And um, But, you know, when we talked about the beginning of the season, we liked the depth. And they still like the depth. But, you know, and, and we talk about they don't really have the star player, which is unusual for a Michigan State team. And But they've also had some success, you know, in years past without that star player. And I thought maybe the depth would, would shine through this year and it's come to the point where we just – who do you turn to? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this at KenPom.com. They project out the season. He has them finishing 8-12 and 12 in the conference, 14-12 and 12 overall. How pa- how panicky are you going into a Big Ten tournament if that's your resume? Uh, you're not feeling great, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I could see him still getting in with that. I mean, look, say say some of say one of their, I mean, almost every Big Ten win is going to get you some brownie points, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's such a good conference. So say, I mean, look, you've already beaten Northwestern, Wisconsin, Minnesota, three teams that could be in the end 
could be in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I mean, you're not feeling great. Obviously, you want to go to the Big Ten tournament, and God willing, there'll be one, and, and win a game or two. Um, but honestly, if that's their record, I bet they get in. I just I, the reputation does matter in the NCAA. They can say it doesn't, but it does. I think you just said they've beaten those te- those three teams have beaten Michigan State. That's what that's what I meant. That's what I meant. They beat yeah. Rutgers. They beat Rutgers. Rutgers should be, although Rutgers has hit a little. Yeah, they, but, you know, every yeah. everyone's going to have a everyone's going to have some tough stretches this year in this conference. But I, I would still expect Rutgers to be an NCAA tournament team. I mean, they're pretty good. So right. Um, you're right. I mean, it's. I, it's tough they, to predict they, where the yeah. going to turn out. Yeah, um, but it's going to be it's going to be a, a. I mean, I think they're going to be sweating it out. This isn't no, going to be a. Be. They could be, but if you know. but if they are, they have two wins now. So if they get to that eight, that's projected. So that means four of their wins at least are going to be quality quality wins in 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 the eyes of the of the tournament committee, right? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they pick off a Michigan. If they pick off a Maryland or whatever, you know, I mean, those those wins are going to matter in this year because the Big Ten, everyone knows the Big Ten's really good, um, you know. So, um, you know, they're going to have some quality wins on the resume. So they are. I think they get in just again a combination of reputation, and they will have had some quality wins. <laughs> and if they finish eight and twelve, that means that they finished relatively strong. Yeah, I know they don't look at how you finish and whatever, uh, <laughs> but um, you know. I think because it's Michigan State, they get it. So, well, we'll see. I know you definitely, you definitely want to go win one in, in the tournament. No question about it. I mean, you you want to you don't want to give them a, the committee a, an excuse to make news. You know, I mean, yeah, because they they would be well within their rights to tell Michigan State to stay home. Um, so you don't want to give them any 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 real reason. So you, you definitely want to go win a game. Just think about how how weird this year is that you could have Michigan State, Duke, and Kentucky. Who opened the season one and six? Yeah. All out of if if things keep going the way they're going, could potentially all miss the tournament. That, yeah, that's, that's remarkable, crazy. just remarkable. Those are the top consecutive streaks. Oh, they might. Yeah, along with Kansas, I think, and Kansas that's, is the only um, the only team of those. Although Kentucky's not consecutive because they missed in like fourteen or fifteen, okay. thirteen or fourteen. One of those years when they had a bunch of injuries. And they um, they missed it. I only remember that because it was the year I did the mock media selection. Yeah, thing. so Kansas is 30 at number one. North Carolina is two at 27. How are they doing? Anyway, I haven't even paid attention to North Carolina. Um, three is Duke with 24, and then Michigan State with 22. Yeah, I just said it'd be really weird to see all three of those teams. Miss out. Although Kentucky's been playing pretty well once they got into the SEC, which isn't very good, but um, yeah. So SEC is not exactly a basketball conference. Um, well, we've known that for years. I mean, they might. They probably. I mean, Tennessee's probably the best team in that conference this year. But you know, yeah. we'll see. Well, I mean, coming up, you got uh, the schedule here. What do we got? We got. Uh, oh, so Iowa, obviously. Um, good thing you're not a smoker. They're they're a pain in the ass about trying to smoke on that campus. Yes, uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, uh, when I last time I was there, I think I was covering for you actually um, the Michigan State beat uh, the year that Michigan State football was in the college football playoff. So I covered Michigan State at Iowa. And I think that was the last time I was there, and it was about twenty below out. Uh, yep. And uh, tried to step outside to have a have a heater, and 
Well, the, uh, the uh, Mr. Lawman was not having it. Um, so I, he's like, you got to go like across the road. And it was like a 20 minute walk because the campus is so big and you got to go way out there and that's where you can smoke. And so I just went in my rental car, smoked there instead. <laughs> so, <laughs> Pay, paid uh, the fee. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm pretty, I, I've gotten pretty good at, um, at, at, at uh, getting the uh, cigarette smell out of a rental car. Quick, funny story. So I was at spring training about four or five years ago. Uh, I was there for about three weeks. Might have been five or six years ago now. I'm not sure. Anyway, I was there for three weeks. So I'm bopping all over the state, you know, going across the each coast and covering all these games and, you know, whatever. So, of course, with all the driving I was doing in my rental car, of course, I was smoking in it. And so I had smoked in the damn thing for like three weeks. So before I, before I left, before I flew back to Michigan, I decided, all right, I better go get this car detailed. Because uh, I get a, I got a solid detail for like 125 bucks, and I knew that the fee at the rental car company was like 250 if you get, it, you know, if you're smoking in there. So I'm like, and by the way, this is my money. I wasn't going to charge the news for this. Let's get that out of here first. At least that's what I'm sticking to. But uh, so I go and get this car detailed, and I mean, I've never gotten my own car detailed this much. I mean, just beautiful well done job. They did everything. It was gorgeous. Paid the 125 bucks. The guys were great. And then I went, uh, went, got some lunch and then I was flying back. So I get to the airport and, uh, go into enterprise or whatever it was. And I, you know, roll the car up, hand it to her. She hops in to check the mileage and everything, whatever. And she's in there for like three minutes, three seconds. She hops out of the car, grabs her little piece of chalk from her holster and writes on the window smoked. <laughs> I'm like, how could you tell? I just paid $125. Wow. <laughs> but they, uh, they did not charge me um, for that. She must have seen an ash or two that they missed or something because it didn't smell in there. But yeah, I was like, you better not charge me after I just got this car detailed. But anyway, wow. moral of the story is you can't smoke on Iowa's campus unless you do it in your rental car. Uh, well, I don't think it's going to be a problem for me. I know, I know, I know. I should be quitting, but not happening anytime soon. But then they go, <laughs> Indiana, or then they host Indiana and Illinois. Those are games they're going to win. Uh, but again, wait, hold on. What? Those are games they're going to win? You've already determined that? No, no. I said those are games they can win. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Those are, games, those, Sorry. Are games, those are definitely games they can win. I'd, be, I'd, I'd go far enough and say those are games they have to win. Maybe, maybe if they get the doors blown off at Iowa. But you know what? It would be just like Michigan State to come out to Iowa and find a way to get it done, too. So, um, yeah. see, um, it wouldn't break my heart if they did because I love Angry Fran. Oh, Angry Fran is the best. He's, he's is my there... favorite Angry Fran. <laughs> There's no other kind of Fran, right? I mean, come on. No, no, he is not a nice person. Uh, <laughs> my I don't, I don't, yeah. with him anyway, mine are not. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, have, I haven't hung out with around. the guy. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> so that's the big game tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night. We're taping this on Wednesday. Um, by the way, let's just before we uh, cut out really quick here. I mean, I know you got some stuff to do today. I got some stuff to do, but there's another big game coming up in the next week. Uh, Michigan State and Michigan women play on Monday. That'll be interesting. Uh, Michigan State started off eight and zero, and they lost the last two games. Uh, but Michigan is still undefeated. Actually, Michigan's the only. Division one school to have both of their men's and women's programs undefeated right now, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, if you're a Michigan slappy, uh, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, Michigan, Michigan State play at, at uh, 12:30 on Monday on Big Ten Network. That's actually going to be kind of a fun game. They both have a couple big time stars, so um, so there's a little bit of uh, basketball going on on the women's side too, for sure. So I feel like the I feel like the MSU women got it. 
Michigan's yeah, they, good. I mean, but they it's like they were, you know, eight and oh and ranked, and then they lost to number twelve Maryland, like in, in a really good game. Like it was a good game. Close game. It, it was and then a they're little a closer, a little closer, and I'm gonna call you out here because I bet you didn't watch it. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, but, but it was, it was the score was a little closer. They trailed the whole game, including 14 points in the second half. But they did have a chance the, five a couple minutes, and they played well. And that's yeah. a good Maryland team. Um, so Michigan State's no joke. They got a couple players. They need a little bit more help yeah. at the guard position. Um, yeah. About Nia Cloud, but um, but that'll be a good game anyway. That's on Monday. Uh, eight and two, Michigan State against undefeated Michigan. Um, I'm just trying to stick up for my favorite Michigan State. Yeah. The hockey team. uh, Yes. uh, uh, Susie's great. Susie's great. She, uh, oh my gosh. um, I I was texting her the other day because during that Maryland game, they made a bucket and uh, she wanted a timeout. She's on the sideline, just jumping. I mean, she must've been jumping four feet in the air, trying to get the referee's attention and never did. And I texted her, I'm like, you gotta be careful. You're going to tear an ACL trying to call it. Jeez. Um, uh, no, Susie's great. She's a, she's a hoot to talk to, but, um, Hockey was fun this weekend. You probably I didn't watch any of the games, but I don't know how Michigan State loses nine to nothing to Michigan and then comes back and wins the next day. What a weird sport. Um, yeah. I knew they were getting I knew the first night they were getting rolled by Michigan. Yeah, uh, nine to nothing. Yeah. Because we were at the basketball game as that was going on. Um, yeah. but then yeah, to bounce back and win. I mean that's yeah, that's impressive. A pretty good weekend. Not bad. Not bad. If you can Get a split after who's in the first game. But anyway, well, wait, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I think somebody, I think somebody else just entered the transfer portal. Oh, really? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I know. I'm obsessed with the transfer portal now. It's like, oh, <laughs> this third string long snapper from Eastern Michigan is leaving. I wonder what the story is there. Um, yeah. Transfer. Once, portal. I don't know when the last time is. I don't know when the last time is we've talked about this, but what? I was so dumbfounded by Michigan State losing their long snapper to the transfer portal. Yeah, I know. It was bizarre, but no. Yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, last time we went to, what was it, 15 guys there? Yeah, 15. They just had a guy go to Illinois. Who was that? Um, Max Rosenthal, who was a fullback on a team that doesn't use fullbacks anymore. So um, Yeah, that's probably going to not have room for you. Uh, yeah. Lombardi, uh, Northern Illinois, right? Is that right? Um, yes, he's in Northern Illinois. And it's funny all these guys going in not one time was i like oh really until i guess it would have been last week a little bit longer than that when trayvon morgan entered the portal big tall receiver who caught a touchdown against uh, penn state um that one surprised me a little bit not i can understand why because he looks he's probably like i'm the fifth receiver um which I guess you don't want to be the fifth receiver, but he he was going to have a role. So that's the first guy I was like, oh, I bet they didn't expect that one. Right. But, you know, every other guy was either a bag, hadn't played or wasn't going to play. So I know, you know, I don't want to do a whole pot on whether Julian Barnett and Devontae Dubs should have played. But, um, hey, you know, yeah, I mean, when you got a new system, you got a new staff, and, and it's never going to be totally smooth with the holdovers. I mean, it's it's like when, you know, it's like, you know, us when we even get a new boss, you know, you don't know how it's going to work out. We'll find out the way we're going to get one soon. Um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, it, um, anything else on the football front? I mean, staff wise, we expecting everyone back for next year. Yeah, it looks, I, I wouldn't expect any change over there. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just obviously hoping they have a normal, you get to have a normal spring practice. So, um, it, but 
I, I don't think the transfer portal will be a whole lot more right now. I, I think we're to the point now where we get to a spring practice and then a lot of people are going to see where they stand after right. that before you see any more movement there. I, I know they'd still like to get another, maybe another linebacker, maybe a corner come in, but, um, you know, we'll see. But I, I think a lot of teams are in that position now. There's been a bunch of movement. Let's get to spring, see where guys kind of fit, and then you might see some more movement at that point. But, you know, it might be kind of quiet here for a few weeks. And and hopefully, I'm assuming they're – I assume they will have a spring practice like they've had in the past since they'll just go right back into testing. But, um, you know, we'll see. You never know anymore with these – with the way everything's going. So, well, you, you, know, no. you don't want to say 100%. But, I mean, they would – once spring practice is supposed to start, they would jump right back into daily testing. So, we'll see. Well, look, we're on our way back to normalcy, hopefully. We got restaurants coming back in, in a few weeks, maybe. And sports uh, fans are going to be allowed at some sporting events, I think, uh, a little bit more than we've seen. So it was weird watching the national championship game. With, I mean, it was weird on two fronts. It was weird seeing so many empty seats, but then it was also weird seeing so many filled seats. People, yeah. <laughs> it was just, just kind of bizarre. Um what a game that was. Alabama. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, they're good. They're good. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Not bad. That Nick Saban guy can pick them. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a really good Ohio State team. So. Well, yeah. I mean, but, you know, look, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, they're they're playing in a different league. They're, 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 they're in a different world. It is what it is. Which is why you're probably correct in that they need to expand this thing to eight, just even if not to get more. I know I'm admitting that you're probably right, but if, hey. I, I don't like doing that. But uh, if not, just if not to get more teams with a chance to win, because I don't think expanding necessarily increases the chances of a different team winning by a whole lot, because I still think the cream of the crop is these three or four teams, but at least spice it up, you know, get someone else a chance and, you know, at least be on the big stage and, you know, who knows with recruiting and everything. And, uh, you know, recruiting might have you helped. And also with this, you know, when athletes are allowed to start getting paid um, in a year or two, you know, that's going to open up some doors for some other schools too. So good. Yeah. So that could change things a little bit too. So um, yeah, I'll admit it. You're right on, you're not right on many things, but you might be right. on that. So. <laughs> Anything else I'll before we I go? I don't think so. That's it. Right. Everyone, um, you know, All right. well, we'll you, got, you got, you got to go to Iowa, right? You flying out today. Mm. No, that's a long story. Oh, yeah, you're not flying tra- out. No travels a bit up in the air right now, just uh, cause okay. you were never sure which games we want to go to and not. And then it was last minute. I said, okay, I'll go. And then you look at the flights and it's like, um, how much to fly? <laughs> so how much was it? How much was it? It was like eight hundred and eighty dollars. So I'm, I'm going to get in a car against oh, my better judgment. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, I've never, oh, I've never, long drive, man. I've never driven to Iowa. I've always Oof. flown, but uh, when, uh, when most of the competitors have said they're going, I'd hate to not go. And this would be the game where you get a little more access because you're there. I mean, normally, like, I don't know if everyone knows normally that's, you get tons of access to MSU basketball and you go to every game because you get it. Um, this setup is a little different and um so it's been tougher but you know i'd hate i would hate to not be there and suddenly they give more access so i'm getting behind a wheel 
Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, what's the most you've spent on a flight with Detroit News dollars? Uh, it's been more than that. Uh, probably right. around. I mean, I've flown to Germany. I've flown to Hawaii and back a couple of times. So those were always in like the 900 something range. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I did something like that once to go to Penn State when um, for football. It was in 16 when I didn't get to go to the Bahamas for basketball and I could do a whole pod on the silliness of that. Um, so I, you know, I took the most convenient flights and stayed in the most convenient hotel at a football game at Penn State. And uh, it, doesn't sound, it doesn't sound spiteful at all. No, not at all. <laughs> and I don't know if anyone's ever tried to book a hotel in State College on a football weekend, but um, I did it, you know. So. <laughs> wow. Otherwise, you stay 45 minutes out of town. <laughs> um, I actually, my, my most expensive flight was more than that. Um, a lot more than that, actually. Uh, world I mean, you know, I think I think the last, yeah. yeah, the last Hawaii trip was more than that, but it was, I, it was a whole, I'd gone to Rutgers, it's like the Newark for Rutgers first and then out. So it was like, I don't know, 1200 or something yeah. like that, or I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It was 2012 world series to San Francisco. Because oh, well, what's, yeah. You do remember it was either, it was the Cardinals and the Mets and everyone thought the car or Cardinals and the giants and the Cardinals had a lead in the series. So we assumed we were going to St. Louis and the Giants came back and won the series. So, like, all of us had flights booked to St. Louis. And the Giants came back and won the series. And so we're all booking last-minute flights to San Francisco. Um, and it was $2,700, I think. Oh, it was, wow. It was, I mean, it was – first of all, you're flying to San Francisco, and it's the last second because the World Series, like, started, like, two days later or something. Wow. Uh, so, like, all of us – and, yeah, I remember our boss – you know, all the reporters, I think it was me and Tom Gage and Wojo and Lynn Henning and probably and some photographers. And, you know, what our boss, Phil, at the time was handling the phones and everyone would call with the price. He goes, I don't care. Just book it. You know, <laughs> and every time, you know, book it, book it, book it. Money wasn't as much of an issue back then. But, uh, yeah, 20, I think it was $2,700. was not cheap. So. Well, he used to give me a hard time about because uh, one time I was in Chicago with Henning for whatever reason, he was there for the white Sox. I was there for big 10 and he said, Oh, I'm nervous, pal. He's like two of my biggest spenders in Chicago. And I'm like, hold on. Lynn Henning certainly qualifies as a biggest spender. Certainly not me. So. Oh, the stories I could tell about being in it. Well, my first time traveling for the news <laughs> was with Henning to the winter. Meeting oh. year, like, you know, over a decade ago. And, uh, he taught me the way of the world. <laughs> uh, uh, I remember uh, when we went out. We was it was Indianapolis. Uh, it was uh, kind of had to be. They made a big trade that weekend. I can't remember what. It was like twelve years ago, eleven or twelve years ago, in Indianapolis. So obviously, I've never been to Indianapolis at that point. So he's like, "Yeah, oh, we got to go to this little steakhouse called St. Ellis." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." Which, if you're a journalist who's ever traveled to Indianapolis, you know what St. Ellis is. Because they have the shrimp cocktail and the steaks, or whatever. So anyway, or you or, or you watch Parks and Recreation because they, yeah, they right. Do- yes, yes, that's right. So, uh, so we get there, and I love steak, and so I got you know we each got a steak, and I think I had a cup a beer or two, and he had a glass of wine or four, and um, <laughs> and we each had the shrimp cocktail, and and then probably a couple sides, and the bill was uh, understandably expensive. So I did. I mean, I went to reach out for my credit card to, you know, like split the bill or whatever. And, and he's just like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> the Detroit news will be paying for this. They are getting a bargain for all the work. 
we're doing here. This is a pittance for everything we will provide to them. This <laughs> and he went on this 15, 15 minute, you know, speech, you know, using all the Lynn Henning big, you know, ten dollar words. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, but um, he taught me the way of the world. I, I, I didn't travel as much as the rest of you. And, and I always, I was never the Marriott guy either, because I know all you guys are obsessed with Marriott. I always was obsessed with convenience. So I never really was terrible with expenses, but uh, Lynn Henning taught me the ways of uh, what uh, is uh, acceptable. And uh, But things change, you know, over the last, yes. you know, things you used to be, you know, you didn't have to have a receipt for everything, you know, just, uh, you know, just some, you know, bigger expenses turn in the receipts. And now it's like, if you bought that Starbucks coffee, we want to see it. <laughs> so things have yeah. changed. Things have changed. Yeah, you, you got to count for every penny now. It's not so, quite the same. Hey, which is fair. It's, it's, you know, it's their money and, and we, we should be spending it as if it were, you know, protecting it as if it were our own, I suppose. So. But yeah. we didn't that night in St. Elmo's. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Phil, who's retired, and Michael Brown, who's no longer here. Um, uh, sorry. We apologize. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Damn, it was a good meal. All right. Uh, Thursday, Iowa, Michigan State. Uh, that'll be a big one. Um, if you, Yeah. Good luck with that drive. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're doing there. I think you should, I know. I think you should stay home and skip it. But that's my yeah. – um, but anyway, Michigan State, Iowa, big game. And then obviously Michigan State women, Michigan women, uh, Monday afternoon, also a big game. So you can follow myself on Twitter, Tony Paul 1984. Follow Charbonneau at Matt Charbonneau. Uh, also follow DetroitNews.com. Matt's got his Big Ten power rankings. Is anyone close to taking over Michigan? Well, I haven't. I've had Michigan number three the last two weeks. Now, this was before oh, they're number the one Wisconsin now, right? game. Right. Yeah, I, I'd say probably. I mean, I had – either them or Iowa and I just I think Michigan's better than Iowa now so yeah I mean no I mean it's to me it's Michigan Iowa it was Wisconsin I still think those three are the three best teams I think Illinois is just a little touch below those three and then everyone else outside of Nebraska and Penn State really is just kind of a throw them in a hat so yeah yeah let's come out Monday so uh after all yep. the teams um so yeah all right well have fun in Iowa hopefully you get to see angry Fran Either way, I think you can. <laughs> yes, um, whether they win or lose, I think you're going to see angry. Oh, you'll see them. You'll see yeah. them at some point. By yeah. the way, and 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 all Iowa's fans, there won't be any there. That's what I'll miss. They are the most irrational fan base in the history of college sports, and they feed off of Fran and his insanity. So I'll miss that, that a little I, bit. I, I do love the arena because it's so unique. Uh, it's just one level. It is. It's cool. It's like, you know, just it goes up. It was one level as far as the eye can see. It's it's, it's very neat. Um, cool cool town, actually, Iowa City. Uh, I like it. Um, and Coralville, which is where you'll be driving yep. to, I'm sure. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Check out all of our stuff at DetroitNews.com, including uh, I'll have my college hoops state notebook up at some point in the next day or two. So check that out. Other than that, that's it. Matt, you better get going. You got a you got a long, long drive out of you. Sounds good. See ya. Bye.